So how many of you are here today to hear words of challenge from the preacher? Two, three, four, five. Okay then. Well, how many of you are here to find out something comforting and affirming from the preacher? Yeah, oh yeah, you want feel good. You want the feel good stuff. Okay. And how many of you uh, just aren't really here today? <laughs> that's, that's my bigger challenge altogether. Well, <clears throat> maybe Jesus would have fared better in his hometown in Nazareth if he had asked these questions before he mounted into their pulpit to read uh, the scripture. It was his first uh, time to preach, in fact, after having a bit of a reputation growing about the edges. You can imagine he grew up in this town and people had seen him, you know, running down to the stream, maybe fishing, uh, playing in the dirt, doing whatever boys do while they grow up. And uh, then came this uh, mature uh, Jesus who was out starting to talk and make some stir in the area. And now he comes back to his hometown synagogue and uh, is about to read his word, the gospel from, or the word from Isaiah, not the gospel. He was to be the gospel. So he certainly got their attention at any rate. So it was a little bit upsetting. Here's some insight into that morning. Um, Jesus reads from Isaiah from an old prophet who was well-beloved in the Jewish tradition about a day of redemption coming, a day of deliverance, a day when the captives will be set free and and all those who have been put upon will be given a new life. And so he says at the end of this reading that God's uh, Messiah is coming and this text announces his arrival. And then he says, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I'm the man. Here I am, the one you've been looking for. And you can imagine if I said that to you this morning, it probably wouldn't go over too well. Uh, And I'm not. No surprises there. But um, the announcement came with great, you know, matter-of-factness, and he sat down. Next week, you'll get the crowd's reaction, which I can't preempt for Pastor Anderson's sermon, uh, but you probably know it well. But this announcement causes them all to say, whoa, what on earth is he talking about? We know this text. We've heard this before. We've waited and waited for the day of redemption to come to us, the Jews, And he says, well, now is the day. It's here. He reads these beautiful words. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim freedom for the captives. Then came the rub. This upstart novice preacher, their little old neighbor next door, made them all question, in fact, what are God's plans after all? If you are the messenger, one right here among us, not one of the great prophets from far off, what is God up to? Do we lack imagination about what God's doing in this world? And Jesus reminds them that morning of the prophets of old, Elijah and Elisha, who took God's mercy and grace beyond the acceptable borders into infidel Gentile country. So Jesus the hoped-for Messiah, has come boldly challenging his neighbors, standing before God, suggesting that we may have to reassess the boundaries of our outreach. We may have to uh, reassess our values for him as a Jewish people, 
But this morning, perhaps us as a Christian people, our understanding of God's unconditional love. And who is it that is to receive this good news? You know, it is the season of Epiphany. And Epiphany is often um, little understood, I think. It's right in there with, um, with some other uh, seasons that we have in the church here. But Epiphany is a great time of, of uh, manifestation, we would say liturgically. It's a time of uh, the coming to awareness and understanding of who this Messiah was in the manger in Bethlehem. There's the Christmas event, and then we have about anywhere from four to six, seven weeks of, of Epiphany, which is the, the, the aha moment of, oh, that's who Jesus is. That's what God was doing in Bethlehem. That's the way the world is going to go now with God's new plans for us, for saving us all. And so there are texts over and over. Last uh, weeks ago it was um, Cana, the wedding, Jesus turning water into wine. And people thought, who is this? Here's all of these, what's going on here events in our gospel stories Epiphany, the manifestation, the shedding of light on who Christ is. And so today, again, he steps into the pulpit, reads scripture with authority, and then says, and it's been fulfilled right now as you're looking at him. Well, you can imagine that epiphany may have mixed reactions. And so uh, what we do in preaching, as Jesus was preaching, is at times to what our preaching professors have told us is when you preach, you are supposed to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And, uh, you know, it depends on how, how, where you are in that story, how good news it comes. But uh, Walter Bruggeman is a wonderful Old Testament professor, and he says this about the preacher's task. It is to invite hearers to abandon the script that has up until now given your life meaning. And to imagine and embrace a new script, a script that God gives you. And such embracing of a new worldview doesn't happen immediately. This reimagination of how we are to live in God's service may be painful at first, threatening, anger-inducing. Preaching, says Bruggeman, is something like surgery. Few people approach surgery willingly, even when it becomes clear that this is what they need. So Jesus today, our preacher, shares the authentic word of the Lord, not to please or win popularity, but because he is faithful to his calling to redeem all of us, anyone who is open to it. I sometimes say... um, you know, uh, well, actually, I only said it this morning, so it's not a long journey. But you know how you're packing a suitcase, and uh, usually I'm overpacked, and you have to, you can't find anything anymore. You can't find your socks because they're way down, and your toothpaste is zipped in some little pocket. And so finally, uh, when I was on sabbatical traveling in Sweden, I finally, with my friend, we both had to just go, blah, throw it all out, empty all the stuff you've been carrying around in your suitcase, and rearrange it, find everything, and then put it back together again. And I think. It's good for us in our faith journey to have times when everything we always thought was the way it was gets turned topsy-turvy and inside out. And we get put back on our feet, back on our heels. My, my uncle Pete, Bernard was his name, um, was a very faithful person, very religious, and he had been a, pra- a pastor's son. My, my dad was also. But when I was in seminary, my uncle Pete 
uh, we'd get into discussions over family dinners and start to talk about theology and what I believe. And he says, you know, Diane, I don't want you, I don't want to talk about this anymore. He says, I've got what I believe figured out. And it's like I've got it on the shelf. And I don't want to take the box down and open up all the contents again and put it on the floor. Let's just leave it alone. And I thought, hmm. But that is the way sometimes we feel. We don't really like to have to have things we always thought and treasured all our days, you know, turned inside out and questioned. And yet I think that's what Jesus was doing today when he read the scripture with a new sort of uh, incarnational presence in front of the people as to what it might look like to be redeemed. It might be from some really, really uh, different place than you expected. And so there is another um, author, uh, Laurie Beth Jones, who advises us in life that we should carry the right lesson forward. Carry the right lesson forward. And sometimes uh, we get dealt a hand of cards in life that is wonderful, and yet sometimes we don't, especially, I think, in these last months. We've had so many people with illnesses that have been... uh, on our mind and in sharing time and tragedies and hardships. Um, How we react to the challenges and setbacks in life is telling, in some ways, about our faith. And so Lori Beth Jones, who wrote a book called Jesus in Blue Jeans, I recommend it. It's great little two-page devotionals about uh, everyday life. But she says this uh, chapter is carry the right lesson forward. Two people can have the same experience and carry forward the right and the wrong lessons from that experience. For instance, a child may learn to ride a bicycle, but first the child may fall down time and time again. And when they fall, they take away the lesson, well, I just got to pedal faster and faster. An adult starting to ride a bicycle for the first time may fall down and consider themselves, therefore, uncoordinated and a failure. Same event but the adult carries the wrong lesson away. Peter Stenge is a management consultant, and he calls this a learning disability. A learning disability. The tendency to take away the wrong lesson from an event in our lives. So the question becomes, even though we're into February almost, what are the challenges facing us all this year, or you in personal ways? Uh, Is it early retirement this year? Is it an annoying boss? Is it a financial crisis that's caused you hardship? Is it a move to a new area that's pending? Estrangement from your family? Or an illness you hadn't seen coming? You're thinking of a young mother who was battling cancer. She endured a number of tests and surgeries, months of uncertainty, and weeks of separation from her new baby while she was in the hospital. Her takeaway from this trying experience is that she had had the chance, therefore, to reevaluate what is essential in life. What she used to dream of, a big house and material comforts, don't matter. Thanks to her illness... She's had quality time to really talk to her parents and mend some bridges on a deeper level. She's moved from skepticism in her faith 
to enjoying regular worship and discovering what God has in store for her and for her future. And now she's become a big inspiration to many people. No learning disability there. She's carrying the right lesson forward. As we continue in this new year to hear the scriptures and to hear each other and life events, may we carry the right lesson forward. And may God give us all faith and abundant strength and courage to do this time and time again. Amen.